When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Saturday, February 29th. Throw on your bloody black tie best and join Dark Hills Gaming for a night of dancing, drinking, and horror. All in the name of charity. Proceeds from the Bloody Valentine Ball will go to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. The ball will be a gore-filled gala that will immerse you in a horror-themed high school dance, complete with prom pictures, interactive events, and a horror memorabilia auction. Two lucky guests will be voted Horror King and Queen, complete with full carry treatment. There will be a bloody bar, so bring cash and your ID. This is a 21 plus only event. Buy your ticket now at darkhillsgaming.com and help us support the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Everybody, it's time for the musical month of horror movie night. Hey, uh, so we're kicking it off with 1981's Shock Treatment, a, a sort of sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show, while not being a sequel at all. Definitely, debatably, I mean, not even debatably, it's not a horror movie, but there's not a whole lot of horror musicals that we want to watch in this felt right. So yeah, I mean, I don't, are. I don't really believe in the term like uh, horror musical. I don't think there's really any, you know, um, that are good. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we talk about yeah, we talk yeah. about one really good one this week this month, but 
But the rest are, yeah, most of them fall more into comedy than horror when you're I got a trick cello, because I don't think that um, that's a true statement. But I'll, <laughs> I, I will check off air as I type online yeah. now. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so each one of us got to pick a musical, and then at the end of the month is one that we all three agreed we needed to talk about. The The response on Facebook when we asked if people would be into it was was excited enough that we figured fuck it let's do it so i picked shock treatment because i will be honest there are moments in this movie that i think it's better than rocky horror picture show i don't think it as a whole is but i think that there are songs that are better than anything in rocky horror picture show and i think it's in a really strange way way weirder but also easier to digest than rocky horror i don't know about if it's like easier to digest because I both I find both of them incredibly confusing yeah so I so the thing with me is I feel like I saw Rocky Horror you know once as a kid when Matt was having like a movie marathon and became infatuated with a single song and then just started listening to the soundtrack over and over wait wait, wait, wait. was that you or was that your brother that was me like oh, okay. I, I I really liked like uh, I really liked Eddie's Teddy, and then listening to the soundtrack, I just learned to love the entire soundtrack. So then, you know, fast forward like 10 years, I actually just like got in the habit of watching it a few times a year. Rocky um, Horror, really? Yeah, but the thing wow. is, it's like, it never was about the movie, if it makes sense. Yeah, it's just about the song. Yeah. So because I like, I think that there's very good songs in Shock Treatment, but I don't think that there's any songs that I love as much as I love, like, Rose Tint My World. Exactly. Like, I think that, yeah, like, the uh, Richard O'Brien, who wrote uh, both of the movies, he said that he hates Shock Treatment. He thinks that because of all the editing changes and the fact that they were doing it very quickly on, like, no budget, he thinks that the movie's confusing and it doesn't really tell the story that he wanted to tell, but... He is super proud of the songs that he wrote for the movie, and he likes that he somehow predicted reality television like 10 years before reality television was a concept. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that this movie as a concept is way better than it (laughs) deserves to be, you know? (laughs) Yeah, there's things that are so strange in it. You know, like you, so let's just talk about like the opening song. There's the opening song, the Denton song. Mm -hmm. The, The things that I noticed in that was like, A, the cheerleaders are absolutely not even attempting to lip sync to their part because they're they're having to do a cheer along with it. Yeah. And and then the choreography for the audience members is literally just to shift on beat and there's people in that crowd who are still not doing it successfully. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and this is definitely weirder um than Rocky Horror Picture Show and and as weird as Rocky Horror Picture Show is and I understand it's confusing, but I, I feel like at least the story, I understood the story. I didn't understand the why. It was like a lot of why. Why are you doing this? You know, but yeah. like, I understand like, oh, okay, these people got engaged. Oh, their car broke down. Now they're in this house. Oh, this is happening. This is happening. Oh, he's an alien, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck happened in shock treatment. Yeah, I, I feel like the movie's trying to say things, but didn't have a chance to actually say, like Exactly, yes. Because I, I think that like the concept of a town that literally just lives in a television station where they watch other people's lives is a fascinating concept, but you need to build how it got to that point for it to work. Yeah. Oh, no, you know, I don't even think you need... I think it's better not to, to build the how. I think that what they needed to do 
was just be a little bit more focused on criticizing people who are obsessed with television, which is really like the whole point of this, right? Like, uh, yeah, now there are, I will say that there are parts in this movie that I love because it has, I feel like Richard O'Brien leans way more into a John Waters campiness with some of the lyrics. Cause it really like, he's really going after middle America. Yeah. Oh yeah. It with some of these songs, <laughs> like, the one about being a man, that one. Oh my God. It's, the dad walks into the kitchen and I'm, I'm sure you picked up on this, but like the subtle like advertisements that are playing in the background at all oh, times. That's awesome. So like he walks into the, the kitchen and it's like, if you want to make your man happy, make sure that there's always a beer waiting yeah. in the fridge. And he like opens the fridge and there's not a beer in there. And he just does like one angry fist bump <laughs> and then closes the door. But then she's like, oh yeah, he married a Mexican and he goes out to cut the grass. And the, the mom goes, you shouldn't have said that. Your father doesn't like Mexicans. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad that these things are still fucking relevant. Like the, the, the whole machismo bullshit. It's, it's amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lyric that I think is brilliant in the man song that I won't actually say because I feel uncomfortable. Let's just say they rhyme something with maggots. That's close enough, right? Mm -hmm. Thank God I'm a man. Yeah. Thank God I'm a man. I love the I I actually think that I like Jessica Harper and Cliff De, De Young as Brad and Janet more mm. than than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, Brad and Janet. No, they're bigger names than Rocky Horror Picture Show. But I think that like Cliff De Young does such a good job of just playing this like when he can't clap in time with the rest of the crowd, like. <laughs> Like, they just do such a good job of right away establishing, like, this dude is pathetic. <laughs> like, Yeah, I guess I, I can I can get behind you on Brad. That but the I'll thing is, the Janet, the, the, you know. I, I love Jessica Harper Jessica so Harper much. is, yeah, Matt and no. I are Susan real Brandon, I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show as a kid. And what year was Rocky Horror Picture Show? The seven, well, 75. 77. 77. Oh, 75, 75, 75. 75. So I'm like, yeah. man, I want to marry. Oh, no, 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 no. It's 77 because the tagline was a new set of Jaws because Jaws came out in 75 <laughs> and it was just the picture of the teeth. Gotcha. All right. So I'm like, man, I want to marry 1975 Susan Sarandon. But the truth is I want to marry 2020 Susan Sarandon. She <laughs> yeah. is gorgeous. No, See, I got Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper to me is like one of the hottest – actresses i've ever seen i think it's her eyes and then it's that phantom of paradise connection yeah i was about to say it's yeah like like <laughs> let's get into what i think is the first like truly great song in this bitching movie. in the kitchen bitch dude we need a ska cover of bitching <laughs> in the kitchen in the worst way it's so good and the fact that like because that's like one of those there's four songs in this movie and i'll cover all four of them that i listen to on a very regular basis on like my playlists and Bitch in the Kitchen has that awesome, like, every time they sing a product, the commercial for that product starts playing in the background of the song. And it it just sums up everything that that song is about so fantastically. Yeah, it's, it's it, the songs are catchy. The songs yeah. are very catchy. I Here's the thing about Rocky Horror, because we can freely refer to Rocky Horror in this episode because there's no way in hell am I ever going to sit down and rewatch Rocky Horror because I do not like it. I have never liked it and I 
every horror podcast in the world has probably done an episode on Rocky Horror, so we do not need to do one. But I'll say Time Warp is the one song that I really do enjoy from uh, from Rocky Horror, personally. Even Time Warp, I don't think, is as catchy as, like, Bitchin' in the Kitchen. Uh, or bitching in the kitchen, no crying. Right, in the all night. Yeah, it's such a new wave, like Elvis Costello song. I love it so. It, much. It's very catchy. It's very, it's very catchy. And but even in the theme song for this for shock treatment, the the, the theme yeah, song is dude, really song really good. Rules. It's that really song is good. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the the other song that I really really like is, and it's kind of a weird one because it doesn't fit with those two. Is Lullaby. Which I love that whole scene. It's the single take where it just keeps passing yeah. past everyone going to bed. But my favorite is the blind character who literally <laughs> just is just sitting, sitting on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> just staring into nothing. But I really, really like that song. I like the melody of that song. But my favorite song is fucking Oscar Drill in the Bits and Breaking Out. Oh, of course it is. Dude, that song, and I have to give a shout out to a friend of mine who I know listens occasionally and who will definitely listen to this episode. My friend Eric German high school had a band and they covered this song all the time because this was like low key one of his favorite movies and no <laughs> one even knew it was a cover because it's so fucking obscure. Yeah. But it is such I I love it. It I that's like one of the songs that I could probably sing by memory at any given moment. The only thing I don't like is the cheerleader backup vocals. Like <laughs> Because it ruins how much it just feels like a good 80s punk song is like the cheerleaders doing like background vocals. I, I was like hyped up because I because, you know, when Janet like wakes up and she's like hung over and there and and she meets the band, uh, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like really punk. And it wasn't. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's still fun because it's kind of like uh, taking the punk aesthetic and making it Dentonite making it yeah for denton so it, like yeah. as, as punk it's, as it's it was rebellious it... yeah it's rebellious in the world of denton yeah for sure yeah we also have to talk about so so cliff de long the de, de young does double duty in this movie not only does he play brad but he also plays the villain of the movie his Harley. twin brother his twin your accuser um and all of the shit with like the weird like commercial for the ice cream like the <laughs> f four <laughs> and then it's like they pan out and their logo is basically like a nazi flag I, okay made i'm out so of the glad that f. it wasn't just me yeah no that's intentional okay. like because i think that the i haven't listened to the commentary track yet but i know that i read somewhere that they were trying to make a statement about how like in america like commercialism is the nazism of like the country like it's just like yeah, like we don't follow some giant, you know, headpiece, but we'll follow fucking Ronald McDonald and Mickey Mouse <laughs> to the fucking to the ends of the earth and do whatever he says. So, like I like I said, there's really great concepts hidden in this movie, but it is such a rush job that like it doesn't always come through. Also, like there's a there's a point where I think Farley 100% orgasms because he's making <laughs> yeah, wild faces. I did not take ma- I took maybe like a dozen notes and I'm like, did Janet just make Farley flavors come during Me of Me? Dude, the close-ups of his face, he's like biting his lower lip. <laughs> and like, it's so good. He reminds me of throwback to one of Brian's first episodes. He almost is making he's acting non-verbally like the way the uh the talent agent acted in hard rock zombies when he heard <laughs> them play for the first time. <laughs> yeah. 
one thing I want to talk about is one one minor character that I really wanted to point out is the nurse who's got the incredibly annoying singing voice. Yeah, uh, she's Columbia from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. See, it's been so long since I've seen Rocky Horror. Yeah, there's only three. So there was only three people that carried over from Rocky Horror. They originally wanted it to be the whole cast reuniting. And then when Susan Sarandon and I keep Barry Bostwick uh, said no, they actually wanted Tim Carey to play Brad and Farley. Uh, but he had other like he had other stuff going on, which I feel like I, I would have a really hard time buying. Like I could buy him as Farley. I don't think I could have bought him as like a pathetic Brad. Like because it's fucking. Uh, he was pathetic in the shadow. He can do it. I just I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't have liked bitching in the kitchen as much with with uh, Tim Carey singing voiceover. <laughs> with yeah, that that makes sense. Bitching in the kitchen, there crying in the bedroom all night. <laughs> I, I guess you're right. Side note with Tim Carey, and maybe I'll try to track this down and post it on the group. Um, at one point, I was like just buying up a bunch of random Disney cover albums. And there was a cover album called The Music of Disneyland, where it was different bands and musicians covering songs that you would hear while walking through Disney World. So it's like the Bare Naked Ladies does Grim Grinning Ghosts and like all this other stuff. For some reason, Tim Carey sings the Davy Crockett song. <laughs> And it's like, and he does it like a big band musical number, and it is wild to listen to him. <laughs> just like, David, the Crockett. Oh my God, I got to track it down and play it. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, I do have one movie quote written down, which is I love when Janet's brainwashed and she just storms in to Brad, like, tied up in a chair and she just goes hi brad i just came to show you how fabulous i am (laughs) (laughs) see i love her she's so i I don't know i just think that she's better in this than she was in fan of the paradise i think like i think so i think she gets to do more like in Phantom of the paradise she basically is just there to sing which she has a fantastic voice but they didn't really give her character much except for like being awkward around two characters and then being drugged and weird. But in this, she's just swinging for the fences with her actual performance, which I love that we're a horror podcast. And our reference for her has constantly been Phantom of the Paradise and not, you know, Suspiria, probably the movie. That more <laughs> I wanted to also talk about the bald doctor. Is that the writer? Yeah, that's the writer. He's the one who played Riff Raff in Rocky Horror. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He has probably the part that makes me laugh the hardest in this entire movie. And it's towards the very end. But they're like, man, this is way worse than our old show. And he's like, but on our old show, we didn't have a Chevrolet. And then he just <laughs> flicks the key and has this weird, like, smile with his tongue out the side of his mouth and then flicks the keys back real quick. And it makes me laugh every time that that scene happens. <laughs> like, I've watched, that movie, I've watched this movie so many times and that little, like, tongue out smile is so out of character for him that it makes me die. (laughs) You know, talking about this movie, I think is more fun than actually watching it. Yeah. I mean, I, I am excited. Well, I mean, Scott doesn't use Spotify, but I was very excited to see the soundtrack to this was on Spotify because it allowed me to put a bunch of these songs on a lot of playlists that I listened to at work. (laughs) Man, if, if there were, if we lived in an alternate reality where there were no headphones, you would have been murdered a million times by now in your life, I feel oh, like. Oh, 100%. Because I would, well, 
I don't know, because I would probably keep myself in locked doors in that sense, because nothing makes me more, like, annoyed and uncomfortable than when someone is playing me something through their phone in a public place, and I'm like, there's people around. Like, I don't need them to hear what video we're watching or, like, what song you want me to hear, like... And that's just awkward in general when someone's like, hey, let me stand and watch your reaction as you listen to this song. That's three mm-hmm. minutes of uncomfortableness. And I like I know that I do that, I, and I'm bad with that. But I try <laughs> to do that like when we're in a house, not like when we're sitting at a diner that's filled with people. Like that just because I have a friend who does it all the time. Where he's like, "Oh, check out this video," and then he's got the volume cranked all the way up, and we're just sitting. I'm like, "Can we like not do this like, right now, right here?" I don't know things uh, I don't hate. Shock treatment. Yeah, shock treatment is actually it was it was quite fun. I, it did get kind of annoying at the end because I was just waiting for another good song after shock treatment, and I just kind of felt like nothing reached that plateau because me of me happened before that, right? Yeah, you don't really get like I said. I for me it sucks because shock treatment really is like the last great song, and then you get breaking out. Oh, breaking like, out's great, it. but it's not. I, I don't think yeah. breaking out really fits with the the movie. You know, like it's not a musical number. It's just a it's a rock song. And and the thing that's frustrating with Breaking Out, because I guess I've been listening to it on the soundtrack so much, is like, you don't even really get to hear that whole song because they're constantly jumping Talking, to other characters. Yeah. and Yeah, so like, it's one of the strongest songs, but you barely get to hear the whole thing in the movie. So like, that kind of hurts some points on it. But man, I... God, I'm going to probably listen to that song today. Uh, probably. <laughs> I like how you, you say probably. Clarify it. Just, just yeah, in case, I, you know. You never know. I'm I may listen to you it. You know times. how it feels to be cool in my heels. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking love it. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, like all in all, I, I will. I didn't even get to tell you this. So my memory with watching Shock Treatment was, um, I mean, I still get them in the mail, but this was back when it was normal that you would just get your Netflix discs in the Wait, mail. Wait, you still get Netflix in the mail? They yeah, even have that service? Yeah, yeah, dvd.netflix.com. Huh. This movie had just come out, and it was a big deal because, like, it had a very limited VHS release as well. So, like, pretty much if you hadn't seen it when it came out in the 80s, you didn't really get to see the movie. And it had just become available, so I had moved it to the top of my Netflix queue for it to come in the mail for me. And I had to go to jury duty <laughs> because I had taken a semester off college but I had signed back up for college in the meantime. So I showed up at the courthouse and then they're like, it says here that you're registered at Penn state. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, you can go. So I got home and shock treatment was waiting for me in the mail. And I was like, well, I already have the day off from work. It's time to fucking watch shock treatment. <laughs> I watched that shit first thing in the morning. I was like, this is amazing. Like I was fucking floored by how much I liked that movie. And then and your I- day only got worse because you can't go up from there. Right. No, I mean, really, no. I think I was, if we want to get in the nitty gritty, I think because I left so early, McDonald's was still serving breakfast. So I was also crushing some McGriddles while watching (laughs) it. So like, like, how does this day get better than McGriddles and shock treatment? I don't know, but (laughs) I distinctly remember that portion of it. I I love the fact that you think that having a McGriddle is like a good thing. <laughs> Look, I know that it does terrible things to my body and I don't eat it as much as I used to. But I don't know, man. Something about that pancake flavored bun is. You know, you know what it is? It. It's called fucking corn syrup. Ugh. Yeah. Delicious. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? What do we got for double features for this one? Will you go first? Uh, we do get to go first, don't we? Uh, so what, this is going to be a little... We? <laughs> Sorry. There's a bunch of us here now. <laughs> so I was having a really tough time with this because I wasn't sure if I should go with another musical or if I should just go with something that like kind of hits the same um, like statements. So this is going to be real wild. And, and I'm going to go on the, you know what? Maybe after shock treatment, I want to clear out the house a little bit. So... I'm going to put on something that is a critically acclaimed movie. We actually discussed it very early on in this podcast, but it's a pretty heavy movie, especially if you're following the lightheartedness of shock treatment. And I'm going to double feature this with Videodrome. Mm. I feel like that would be a really good double feature. Yeah, because it's got that like evils of television storyline carrying through, but it's like you've seen the upbeat, bright colors, goofy, rocky horror version of it. Now let's watch James Woods pull a gun out of his stomach. <laughs> out of his stomach vagina. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, you want to go next? Uh, no, I'm still looking. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then I'm, I'm taking the easy route and saying Phantom of the Paradise because that's just, I, I got nothing, man. Yeah, yeah if I was going to go with a musical, it would be it would be Phantom of the Paradise. I need too. any excuse to watch Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. I just need someone to mention the words paradise. And they'll, <laughs> they'll be like, hey, you know what my favorite Jimmy Buffett song is? Cheeseburger in Paradise. I'm like, that's pretty good. You know what else is great? Phantom of the Paradise. Let's go watch it right yeah. now. I guess I would do Truman Show. Oh, okay. That's that's a good one. That yeah. works. It makes sense. Or, oh, you know, uh, you could also do Pleasantville. Oh, see, Pleasantville's good because Truman Show, Truman Show is a better movie than this, obviously. But they're two movies that, like, I don't think are bad movies. I just don't feel like watching them ever. Yeah, but Pleasantville, I could watch. I could watch yeah, Pleasantville. I love, I love Pleasantville. But it's that's I, it's because Denton feels like Pleasantville. That's the reason why I, it came to mind for me. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's talk about some stuff that we watched uh, recently. And I'm going to just do a very brief, finally got around to seeing Star Wars thing. I uh, talked to Scott about it a bunch. I liked it. It was it was good. It's kind of the middle for me with the Star Wars movies. Movie was made a little bit worse by sitting next to the most cliched, like, Star Wars fan who ruined <laughs> Star Wars for everybody. Yeah. Like, like, the whole movie, the dude next to me was just like, ugh, stupid. Like, <laughs> oh, fucking like, Really? Yeah, like you just get so angry, and then like you know, there's there's this like I won't even say controversial. There's a lesbian kiss at a point in the movie, and the dude like threw his hands in the air like, oh, and now we're doing it like, like <laughs> I was just like, my god, 
Like he, you could just tell without like getting more than single word grunts out of him <laughs> that he's one of those dudes on the computer that's just like fucking social justice warriors trying to appease the snowflakes with their fucking Star Wars. Dude. Like, I'll tell you what, Star Wars dudes on the internet are the worst. The worst. But I will say, so I listened to both the Flophouse and Geekscape's review of it afterwards because, you know, I I will put those episodes to the side. I don't want the movie ruined for me. Yeah. And um, I agree with all of them that, and I can't pronounce this name for the life of me. I know Scott. Babu Frick. Babu Frick is the fucking man. <laughs> he is so cool. <laughs> he pops up later and just like, hey. hey like, I was like, I love this guy. I gotta, I gotta see the last two. Wait, you haven't seen Last Jedi? I haven't seen the Last Jedi, and I haven't seen. It. I just haven't had time. Like, I'm not. You don't like, like Star Wars, though. No, I, I do, and I'm, and I'm more like, as a kid, the most watched Star Wars movie that I owned, like the VHS that I owned, was Ewok Adventure. <laughs> That's right. And we talked the about first that. Star Wars movie I've seen in theaters was like Phantom Menace. So you know, I'm not one of those like, oh, you gotta be uh, uh, a lesbian kiss. Yeah. What? What is like, this? <laughs> just like. I don't understand. It, it's it, it's like the, it's the same thing where you know not to get completely off topic, but it's like the same thing where it's like uh, I'm in like a lot of like office TV show, right? I'm in like an office Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, and it's called the Super Fans Group, and it'd just be like someone be like, "Hey, I noticed this," and it's like, "Are you even a super fan?" Everyone knows it. it's like <laughs> it's like how low self esteem do you have that like you're only like self aggrandizing like platform is to be like i know the most about this show or this movie series like this is why people don't like you let me tell you a joke that um when i used to go to the comic book shop the comic book shop owner used to always say and i feel like it sums up everything what's the one thing that every fanboy wants to know one more thing than all of the other (laughs) it sums up that culture so much where it's just like i need to know more than this person to prove that i'm the bigger fan dude it's it's just the mindset everyone has and it's so fucking the most frustrating thing ever like even for work dude i'm in so many fucking uh uh like video editing groups and like videography groups and someone will go to these groups and say hey how do i do this and it's like it's actually pretty simple do you even know what you're doing have you heard of youtube it's a website it's like that's the whole point of this fucking group is to help each other. Like, why yeah. is everyone so much like I'm better than or like I can't wait to look down on this person? It's it's just annoying. Yeah. No. And so to tie it right back to Star Wars real fast, I will say that I was talking this out with Scott as well. And I think one of the things that I don't like about this new trilogy and it makes me I don't want to say I don't like it. I like the trilogy, but I don't have the emotional connection that I want it to have with it. And I think that a big portion of it is that while I'm trying to get invested in like Poe and Finn and Ray, there's always like a Luke and a Leia and a Chewie and a Hunts, like all of these characters that I've loved since I was five floating around that I'm just like, I'm always more focused on them where I almost feel like it would have been a ballsier move and maybe would have helped me invest in those characters more if like you fucking killed all of those characters in force awakens. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, they're all dead. And now it's just up to these three people who don't know each other and don't have any guidance to like fucking figure it out. I feel like I'd be so much more invested than every time that I'm starting to get invested. I'm like, oh shit, there's Leia. Leia's the shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I got some 
bad news, right? Because making movies, especially a Star Wars movie, they're very expensive to make. So you want a return of investment, mm-hmm. right? A New Hope came out 43 years ago. I'm sorry, you guys are not the target market anymore. A lot of the people that are into Star Wars now may not have even seen the originals, or if they did, they saw it because they saw the newest Star Wars and as soon as Disney Plus came out, wanted to see the originals. Like, we were dealing with a lot of younger, a younger generation. I think that that's the problem, though, is, like, I think Force Awakens did a really good job of balancing the new and the old. Uh-huh. Whereas, like, with the later ones, I feel like they were like, hey, this movie worked out really well because the young fans really connected with these new characters, but the old fans love seeing the old characters, and they just kept trying to find this 50-50 balance. And I, I don't think, like, I think that that actually hurts the movie for both groups because then it's like the young crowd doesn't give a shit about these old ass characters <laughs> yeah. and, like, and I, dude i love i love the mindset of star wars and marvel where people yeah. are so like there's so many things where like they're like oh like i i happen to take someone to see dr strange right and uh yeah. we were going for my friend's birthday to see thor ragnarok and someone was like well, this is like, you have to see blank, blank. And one of the movies that I had to see in order to get Thor Ragnarok was Doctor Strange. And in Thor Ragnarok, it's just like a 30 second clip where it's like, hi, I'm Doctor Strange. And then he's gone. It's like, I didn't need to see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's the mindset. It's like, you won't understand it if you don't see all these. It's like, yes, you will. It is a five minute reference. And then the storyline goes along. Hey, I just want want to correct him. (laughs) (laughs) It's Ragnarok. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I can tell that you two are related. <laughs> All right, sorry. My, I'm going to real briefly talk about Star Wars. Turn into like five minutes of discussion. So That's fine. You guys, I don't mind. You want. I want to tell you guys that. Well, by the time this came out, comes out, it'll be a couple weeks later. Um, but I went and saw Underwater last yeah, night. Yeah, I saw you hated that, huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just despised it. Yeah, it was totally not my shit at all. Because it's not about monsters at the bottom of the ocean. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> it was fucking awesome. I loved it. And it was really weird because I it was on my radar, but I thought that it was coming out on the 23rd. Uh, and it came out two weeks early. I don't know if they pushed up the date or something or what. And it also was having a really limited release. It, at least in my area, it was only playing at the Regal Cinemas and not Cinemark. So I went. I was in the uh, the the theater it was an odd time of day it was like 5 15 p.m because i knew that there would be nobody there so i went and there were like four other people in there with me but it was it's one of those movies that you really got to see with surround sound and like on a big screen because a lot of it's very dark and because they're at the bottom of the ocean but it just Mm -hmm. the sound design is fantastic there's practical effects as well as cgi and it all looks really fucking good it's not a cheap movie uh and i don't know why in the fucking trough of winter that they're putting this movie out because no one goes to see movies at the beginning of January. And so this is the place where they put movies to die. Well, it's even more weird because it's like this, this very weird horror movie that's not getting like hardcore advertisements and it's coming out. Literally the only movies that are coming out at the same time as it are like, all of the movies that were just nominated for Golden Globes that are like in the prime of their Oscar season. So it really doesn't fit in with anything that's coming out. But I think it's going to be the benefit of it because people like me are going to go check out 1917 and Just Mercy. But I think most people who are just 
going to hit up a movie for a fun time are going to be like, yeah, check out that fucking Kristen Stewart Monster Underwater movie. Although the Kristen Stewart aspect has so much backlash. I posted about it on the group and everybody's like wishing death upon her. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't need Because I think that she's been like, yeah, like she phoned it in in Twilight, but like, fuck it. Like she's been a solid actress before and after. And honestly, I don't don't even care if she was a bad actress in the past. I don't care that she's connected to. to That's like the Ben Affleck stuff, though. People like remember like when there was going to be Baffleck. You know what I mean? Like they're and like everyone's like, oh, fucking Ben Affleck. It's like. Look, you might not have liked when he was doing shitty rom-coms, but the dude is an incredible director, has done multiple movies where the dude can act his ass off. Like, I'm not going to shame a dude because he's like, hey, you're going to pay me a million dollars to sleep through this shit-ass <laughs> rom-com that I'm not interested in? Like, exactly. Like, fucking sure. Like, like, if you, it's like what Brian was talking about a couple weeks ago where it's like, Look, if you're going to put a lot of effort into something, I will give you an equal return on the effort. But if you're just going to, like, throw some cash at me and be like, hey, we're writing the script while we're filming it. I'm not going to give my full effort into fucking doing a a great performance. I'm just going to collect my check, pay off some bills with that, and then do some small indie film that I actually care about. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly what Harry Potter's doing. He did fucking Swiss Army Man with his his Harry Potter money. And and Elijah Wood with his Lord of the Rings money did fucking Maniac and Oily Strangler and like... Yeah. Greasy Strangler. Yeah. To get back to the Kristen Stewart thing, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Twilight wasn't made for us, so no. we don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that I've watched any of it. And I no, don't, me neither. I don't care. I, I just watched Robert Pattinson fart for an hour and a half, and, and he was great. I also oh, watched yeah. him in space last year, and he was great. Like, I don't I don't hold anything against him for being in Twilight as a sparkly yeah. vampire. Who gives a and shit? And isn't he supposed to be Batman now, too? And he'll be great as Batman when he's that, too. Like I didn't hear that, but that sounds awesome. It's almost like to the same extent I was, I was watching. My dad was watching Last Jedi, and he made a comment where he's like, it's so sad that this dude will probably never be anything but this. And he was talking about Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker. Uh, uh, but that's the thing. Uh, it's like because... To him, like, that's the only thing he's ever seen him in when he's watched movies that featured Mark Hamill. But, like, to a whole other generation, it's like, yo, he's the fucking Joker. Yeah. Like, he's, like, all of this crazy shit. He's Chucky. But, like, yeah. But, like, to his generation, it was like, yeah, he was Luke Skywalker. And then I never fucking saw him again. And now he's acting again because he's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so, sorry, Dad, but that's ignorant yeah. as fuck. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I don't know. And why would my defend. 40, yeah, why would my 45-year-old dad be watching Batman the Animated Series? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot, a lot of his work, you wouldn't have seen him in. You would have just yeah, heard, heard him. him. He, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, but still. I didn't, and it was years before I realized that that was Mark Hamill's voice. I, when I was watching Batman the Animated Series, I wasn't like, man, it's so crazy. That's Luke Skywalker's voice coming out of that clown. <laughs> like, I was just like, hey, whoever's doing that Joker is doing a damn fine job. Well, I guess I it's just such a... Batman Beyond. Oh, my God. Dude, Everybody Beyond loves Batman Beyond. Come Batman on. Beyond. No intro. I've, I've, wanted, I've wanted a Batman Beyond movie for so long. That was the first musical score soundtrack i ever bought was the batman beyond soundtrack because i love the music in that show so much dude that lineup was so good it was like batman beyond quack pack um and uh extreme ghostbusters extreme ghostbusters dude, dude extreme, extreme ghostbusters, ghostbusters was, was my shit. yeah oh it was so good it was and that's another one where people were like oh the social justice warrior <laughs> ghostbusters show but it was what? egon was a, egon was a college professor and he was teaching a class on paranormal studies that only four people signed up for. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all these ghosts come back. And he's like, well, guess I got to train these students on how to do it. But people were like, 
Oh, but isn't it convenient that the four students are a guy in a wheelchair, a black guy, a girl, and a Mexican? It's like, I mean, that is a little convenient, but still. Like, I'm, I'm oh, I'm it. sorry that we're going to teach our kids about being fucking good people and understanding. Yeah, diversity. Yeah, yeah disability. Other... Come on. But like that show, it was one of those early shows where like it was 2D animation. But when they would turn on the proton packs, it was computer animated like oh, yeah, coming mm-hmm. out of it. But so it had this really cool visual style of blending like the two types of animation. It was I loved that show. Yeah, and I don't know why the guys, um, you know, online were complaining because I don't know if you remember the drawing of Slimer on that show, but they were definitely represented throughout that entire series. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to buy the bootleg of Extreme Ghostbusters next time I'm at a convention and someone's selling it because that shit was wild all right brian you still haven't done what did you watch this week <laughs> this is the longest what did you watch this week segment we've ever done but it's great it's a good conversation i i watched uh dracula um uh, i I, ha- I cannot wait to watch it yeah it was it's it's good i think um listen I, I think the the first episode is too good so people are really shitting on like the 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 last two mm-hmm. um now like i have i still haven't finished the third episode we had to stop or something and i didn't have enough drive to get back to it but like to i feel like online it's like it is painfully t- like it's just like you know it's not that bad it's Look, it's, I, it's not as bad as people are making more. it out to be but yeah it's not as good as the first episode i mean i i haven't watched it yet but i've said this before even with like game of thrones like when Game of Thrones came out, everyone was just like, oh, that last season was the worst season of television ever. And it's like, you have not watched enough to <laughs> Yeah. If, if like, 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 I don't think you know, like, uh, like, it's just like one of those things was like, watch How I Met Your Mother's last episode. What? Like, uh, there are there are finales of shows that are so much more disrespectful for what you wanted it to be than fucking that. And also, but, uh, I know this isn't the right platform, but. I've seen a lot of lists where Sopranos was number 10 on the worst series endings, and that ending was perfect, and you're an asshole if you disagree. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like even without watching the show, just knowing how Dexter ended, I'm like, that seems like a strong competitor for the worst ending of a show of all time, honestly. Yeah. Did they wake up at the end of the series and realize it was just a dream? No, then it's not the worst ending to a series. <laughs> all right, so... We've done the what did we watch this week? We we needed that because shock treatment was quick. <laughs> it was twenty minutes. Um, so we're gonna be talking about musicals all over the place. If you check out the Patreon right now, there will be a bonus conversation of just us and our love of musicals, just talking about some of our favorite non horror musicals. Which, as we said at the beginning of this episode, uh, there really aren't that many. And finally. Go ahead and rate and review, subscribe, and all that good stuff on our iTunes and Facebook and all of that fun stuff. HMN podcast for pretty much everything on social media. Go and give us some five-star reviews. Write some reviews. We're going to read some reviews. We're going to be reading a review next week. And also next week, if you were really pissed off about how little horror was involved in the movie that we discussed this week, strap in for disappointment (laughs) next week because it's just going to keep on going in that direction. We'll be right back in just a week. So not right back. I'm rambling. Bye.
yeah. because Phantom of the Paradise. <coughs> Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ, Christ. If you're gonna cough. There's a, there's a mute, mute your button. fucking self. Jesus. <laughs> I think uh, I think we're using my computer, Mike, because uh, I just muted. it. And... Uh, gotcha. Well, oh, well, Matt's gonna have well, to edit around you. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> fun. <laughs> All right, sorry. Continue. <laughs> That's as I muted. I like was very close to the mic. As I <laughs> It was like unreal. And now Matt's coughing. Both of you guys fucking stop it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network.